Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I am your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. What's up, podcast people? Had a little bit of a different, had a different slant. Oh, I don't think I like that one. Um, yeah. What's up, podcast people? That was better, right? Uh, man, welcome to the All Jacked Up Podcast. This is episode number fifty-five. What? What? How did we get here so quick? Uh, speaking of 55, it makes me think of that song by Sammy Hagar. I can't drive 55. That's a guitar. That's it's not a cat. It's not a cat dying. It's a guitar. Yeah. Sammy Hagar. Uh, Sammy was good, but I will always remember him for when he joined Van Halen and became the lead singer there. Um, yeah, and I said Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, that's uh, actually a line from the movie Joe Dirt. Yeah, so that just happened. Man, we are starting off on fire today, right? So uh, let me let me let you guys in on what I have recently done. I. I've been working with a a college ministry, and um, I have just finished sitting through 22 interviews for kids, college kids, I say kids, but college kids that want to be on the leadership team at this university. I said 22. You heard like 22 interviews. Yeah, that's a long time, and that is a lot of conversation, a lot. It is a lot of conversations. 22. It's, man, that's a lot of college kids. That is just, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was long, uh, but it was it was a lot of good interviews. Um, really cool getting to know those kids a little bit better. Uh, as we were going through the interview process, it is the current leadership team asking the what the kids that want to be on leadership team, they were asking them a bunch of questions, trying to figure out where they are spiritually and what's their motive, you know, for wanting to be on leadership team. So all those good things. And this was kind of a question that was just kind of thrown in as like, hey, this is for fun question. But um, one of the questions that was asked of the potential leaders was, do you have a favorite verse that you go to often? Like, do you, do you have a favorite verse? Like some people say, oh, that's my life verse. Or some people say, oh my gosh, that's my favorite verse. I love that verse. It's It trumps all the other verses. Anyway, um, so we asked that question. And, and remember, we're dealing with college kids. The crazy thing is about one out of every three kids had the same exact answer. Yeah, crazy, right? And, and maybe it's because of where they are in life, meaning they're in college. So their future is still, for the most part, it's unknown. They're in the process of deciding their career path. Uh, how they think their life is going to look in 10 years. Like, are they going to be married? Are they going to be single? Are they going to have kids? What city are they going to live in? All this stuff, 
Um, but yeah, so the verse that was an overwhelming go-to verse for these kids was Jeremiah. And I don't even have to say it, do I? Cause you just, you just said it. You, everybody went 29, 11. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know it. You know the one. You probably got the sign in your house. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Actually, I just messed that whole thing up. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Yeah. So, like, this is a verse we... Most of us know it. Most of us can quote it, unlike me just a minute ago. Just completely mess it up. Um, and maybe this is your verse as well. And maybe, like I said a minute ago, maybe it's in your house. It's in a frame or it's on a picture or, or something. Um, either way, it's a really good verse. But we have to understand the context to fully understand the significance of this statement. Now, I know I talk about the books I read all the time, but I just finished a book called The Well-Watered Woman by Gretchen Safflees, I think is how you say her last name, S-A-F-F-L-E-S, that's how you spell her last name, um, but old Gretchen, The Well-Watered Woman, it's a good book, it's a very good read, um, so if you, yeah, you want to pick it up, you're looking for a new read, it's a good one. Each chapter in this book, it, it starts with a short blurb, and the title of the short blurb in each chapter is called The Story of a Thirsty Woman. Now, okay, 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 okay. We're not talking about thirsty. Like, okay, well, I don't know, maybe we are. But the premise of this book is that we are all, I'm putting air quotes up, thirsty for something that will satisfy or quench our desires, right? Like this book, it reminds us of the woman at the well and how she was always looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, Go and read John chapter four, figure out who the the woman at the well is. It is a great story. It is a go-to story for me a lot. Uh, But John chapter four talks about the woman at the well and this is the, the woman at the well. This is where she met Jesus while she was drawing water. So the title of this book, it actually has double meaning. Um, like the well-watered woman as in like the living water, right? And the well-watered woman as in it's, it's watered often as in consistent. Boom! Double meaning! Uh, okay, anyway, back to our verse in Jeremiah. Now, I am pretty sure I have talked about this verse before, but I do think it's worth bringing up again. Um, So I can't remember. I mean, it's been 55 episodes, right? So you guys have probably forgotten about it too. Uh, So we're going to talk about this verse. We're going to dig in on this verse a little bit because in reading this book, there was, in chapter 6, it was all about this verse and what it means for us to pursue God. And so I just... I love what it taught me, and I love what God was showing me through this book and, you know, going back to this verse and really digging in. So, as I mentioned before, content uh, is, or context is everything, right? Um, You have to understand the context of the content you're reading when you're reading scripture. So, let's figure out the context of this verse. So, 
Before this verse, we see that the Israelites have been exiled from Jerusalem by an evil dude, King Nebuchadnezzar. That's right. Uh, they have been, the Israelites have been forcibly taken from their homes and, and taken from all they know and taken to live in a foreign land, which we, we now know is, is Babylon. So Babylon at this point is just a terrible place. It is a, a very, very evil place. The people are evil. They worship just a ton of gods. I mean, just, and, and they're just, they're just, man, so far from God. Um, so just an evil place, just not a good place to live. So God speaks to the survivors through the prophet Jeremiah. In verses 4 through 7, these verses show part of the letter that Jeremiah wrote to the Israelites. Now, first of all, if you're going to go back and read in Jeremiah uh, 29, 4, it, it says that the Lord sent them into exile, meaning I read that and I was like, man, the Lord sent them into exile. I thought it was King Nebuchadnezzar. But it says the Lord sent them into exile, meaning nothing happens to us without the Lord knowing about it. So I don't know, just that kind of dawned on me as like, whoa, the Lord sent them into exile? Holy cow. But yeah, that's true. It's, go back, read verse 4. It's good. Good, 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 good. Uh, but that's not the crazy part. The letter then tells the Israelites to build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. It, it tells them to marry and have children. Like God is basically telling them to make a home in a place that they don't want to be. They didn't choose this place. They don't want this place. And they surely don't want to get comfortable in this place. But God, he didn't leave them hanging. In verse 10, we see that he tells the people when 70 years, that's right, 70, 70, when 70 years in Babylon have passed, then he will come and attend to them and restore them to where they want to be. <laughs> 70 years? What? Like, in my mind, this changes everything about verse 11. Like, God is telling them that he knows they are not where they want to be, but he says to to build a house and plant a garden. And don't worry because he has a plan. And by the way, the plan is to prosper you and not harm you. What? Yeah. So this feel-good verse that we use a lot, Jeremiah 29, 11, this feel-good verse, it, it turns into a how to handle hardship 101, right? Like that's what this verse is all about. We use it as a feel-good verse, but really this is kind of God's way of going, hey, this is how to handle hardship 101. This is the blueprint for how to move forward when you are in a place you don't want to be. Now, the author of this book says this about planting a garden where you don't want to be. She says, when I'm in a place I don't want to be, I don't want to put down roots, and I certainly don't want to plant a garden. Gardens take work and time and patience. They represent being settled, surrendered, and satisfied. Dude, holy cow. Like, I read that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally agree with this. But remember that God can see so much more than we can. 
So I love how she puts that. When she's in a place where she doesn't want to be, the last thing she wants to do is put down roots. The last thing she wants to do is to be surrendered and be satisfied in that place that she didn't choose and she doesn't want to be. Kind of like this, you know, the same thing with the Israelites. They didn't choose that. That's not where they wanted to be. But God's saying, hey, build houses, plant gardens, get married, have kids. I want you to be settled. I want you to be surrendered to me. And I want you to be satisfied exactly where you are. So my question to you this week, is it time to plant a garden where you are? Yeah, like even in the places we don't want to be, the hard places that life can take us, have you been putting off, putting down some roots in an effort to wait for the next best thing? Like, I've done that before, and the Israelites could have very easily have done that. They could have looked at their situation and gone, we didn't choose this, we don't want to be here, we are foreigners in this land, so we're just, we're going we're gonna to live like visitors, And God was like, no, 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 I want you to live surrendered to me. I want you to live as if you're settled. I want you to be satisfied where you are. Oh, my gosh. Don't look for the next best thing. Don't look for what's next. Man, hey, right where you are, plant a garden. Plant a garden. What? Like, I think God wants us to flourish exactly where we are. Not where we think we should be or not where we want to be, but exactly where we are. We live in a fallen world. There will never, never be a perfect time when all things line up just perfectly on this side of heaven. Even when we are not where we want to be, one, God knows like, he, he knows where we want to be. He knows our, the desires of our heart. Like, he knows. And he does have a plan. So it's not an accident that you're in the place that you're in right now. Like, God knows where you are, and he has a plan for you, even when you're in this place that you don't want to be. Holy cow, that's good news, isn't it? That is good, stinking news right now. So what do we do? We trust him in that space and go plant a stinking garden. Go do it. It's going to take a garden. Remember, gardens are work. And gardens mean that, like, you're, you're there to stay. Like, you are there to, like she, like the author said, to be settled, right? So trust him in that space and go plant a garden. Yeah. So I hope this is helpful. Man, I hope it encourages you if you are not where you want to be. Um, and I, I hope it gives you some, maybe, maybe a little shot in the arm to say, Hey, I'm not where I want to be, but I want to flourish where I am, right? I want to be surrendered where I am. I want to be satisfied with where I am and what I have, right? Let's, let's get to the point where we're not always looking for the next best thing. Be, be surrendered and satisfied exactly where you are. So let's go plant some gardens. Let's go. Man, I hope you guys have a just a great week. I hope you guys just I hope you guys kill it this week. I hope God just blesses your stinking socks off. Hopefully your socks are not that stinking, but I hope he stinking blesses them off. How about that? Um and of course, I hope you guys spend the rest of the week all jacked up. <laughs>